Hi everyone and welcome to a special uh, Subway Series preview of UK Mets Across the Pod. I'm your host Les and uh, I'm going to be looking ahead later at the actual series itself that's coming up Tuesday and Wednesday at City Field. Uh, but first I wanted to go through a slight history of the Subway Series. For anybody that's new to baseball or new to New York baseball, the Subway Series is basically when two teams from New York play each other. And although the current uh, modern uh, version of the Subway Series is has only been played since 1997 when interleague play was first introduced into Major League Baseball. Uh, the actual Subway Series itself goes all the way back to 1890 when the first meeting between the Brooklyn Bridegrooms and the New York Giants when the Bridegrooms came through 7-3. to uh, Now, most during most of the 20th century, the there was, Subway Series was quite regular, both in the regular season and in the World Series. Uh, all right up until 1957, that is. Uh, the Giants and the Dodgers played each other 22 times a season in the National League and on this very rare occasion in tiebreakers, the most famous one being the shot heard around the world in 1951 when Bobby Thompson hit that incredible home run uh, to win the pennant and the Giants win the pennant and all that and they went on to play in the World Series against, ironically, the New York Yankees. Uh, now, <laughs> the... Uh, Dodgers and Giants, after 1957, left New York and went to the West Coast. So for a large period of time then, right through until 1997, there was no Subway Series, but of course there was no interleague play. The American League and the National League were pretty much very separate entities. They scheduled separately and so on. And that brings us to the uh, World Series. And the first World Series between two New York clubs was the New York Giants and the New York Yankees in 1921. The Giants beat their crosstown rivals uh, five games to three in a, what was a nine-game series back then for four years, and, that, and this was the last one of these four years. Uh, they played nine games in the World Series, and ever since it's been seven, so a little bit of history there, and this is the last ever nine-game World Series. Uh, the following year, the same happened. The Giants defeated the Yankees. They swept them four to nothing. Uh, that would bring us right through the early part of the 20th century, uh, and the final World Series played between the two, two original or two of the three original uh, Subway Series clubs was the Yankees defeat at the Brooklyn Dodgers 4-3 in 1956. But that was just a year after next year finally came in Brooklyn and the Dodgers won their only World Series in Brooklyn by beating the Yankees 4-3. Uh, and out of those 14 World Series played a Subway Series, uh, the Yankees have won 11 including the last one, which was in 2000, when they beat our beloved Mets four games to one. And that was a, a personal heartbreaker for me. I was so pumped for that series. I remember it so well. Uh, it's, I mean, Al Leiter's performance, I think it was game four. He, he threw an incredible amount of pitches. That, something you would never see happen nowadays. Uh, but Derek Jeter got us in that series. But we had a great ball club that year. National League champions, but hey, what can you do? These things happen. The Yankees had a dynasty at that point. They were in the height of that dynasty. But what can, as I said, what can you do? That's, that's baseball. That's life. Of course, before uh, interleague play was first introduced, uh, the two teams would schedule sometimes a, a three-game exhibition series just after spring training, just before the opening day in New York when the, the Mets and Yankees would compete for the Mayor's Trophy. Uh, and of course, they went by the wayside once Center League play started in '97. Uh, 
which brings me back to the, the first game between the Mets and the Yankees, the first official game it counted was at Yankee Stadium on June 16th, 1997, and the Mets beat the Yankees 6 0 that night. And uh, I remember that one quite well, actually, because it was so unique. Uh, interleague play to me still feels weird. I, I, I grew up at a time when the, the two leagues didn't play each other at all, and I, it was actually one of the things that drew me to be, I suppose. I found out mesmerizing the fact that in the World Series, you would get two teams that have never faced each other before, maybe for a, a decade apart from even facing each other. And the only time they ever could was in the World Series. And the only time players would meet certain players was in the All-Star game. And that made that so unique as well, because you wouldn't see these matchups every day. Uh, but it was so unique seeing that first Subway Series and, uh, and the Mets came out in their the, the Grey Road, New York, and the Yankees obviously in their home pinstripes. And it was weird but unique and I'm still not a complete fan of interleague play but I mean it's here to stay so it ain't going anywhere so we just got to own that and live with that uh, <clears throat> but as for uh, the Mets-Yankees series that has been good for baseball I think and good for baseball in New York uh, of course there is some that think that if there's a radical realignment down the pipe with uh, possible expansion uh, the Mets and Yankees could end up in the same division in some kind of Eastern League or Eastern Conference, whatever way you want to put it. And that would mean we would play probably 14 to 18 times a season, which is a kind of a throwback to those old Giants and Dodgers rivalries. But the problem will be then, and maybe that's not a thing anymore, but I remember back in the old uh, in the older times you'd hear people talk about, uh, you could go to the Yankee Stadium and you'd see a certain... You see basically the junior circuit, the American League teams coming through there. Then you could go to Shea Stadium and then you'd have a whole different set of teams coming through there in the National League. So you could actually, uh, there was a time when people would regularly go from either, either stadium. Now, a lot of that has probably gone by the wayside. Rivalries have become more hardened, I think. Uh, and you don't really get so much of the, the, the crossover anymore as you used to get when the two leagues were completely separate. But hey, it may be, be good for baseball down the line. I don't know. I'm not personally a fan of radical realignment if it ever comes about. But hey, I'm old school. I'm a traditionalist. I still believe that the DH is a joke. <laughs> Even though it does, I admit that it does make more sense nowadays with the way pitching is. Uh, but I think these are just rods that baseball made for its own back. Because uh, let's face it, pitchers are not brought up the way they used to be. Their arms are not toughened the way they should be. Uh, but that's the way things have evolved and that's how we go. Uh, so on to tomorrow night and game one uh, and Max Scherzer going in game one for the Mets and what do we expect in that? Let's just hope that Keith Hernandez is wrong and that uh, these guys aren't fried because uh, we really, really need them. Uh, it wouldn't be beyond the Mets to take these two games and all of a sudden things seem rosy and they, they land the city field again. Uh, but it's it's going to be tough. We're going to be without Alonso, but our lineup, I think our lineup matches up very well to the Yankees. So before we get too deeply into predictions of what's going to happen uh, in the next couple of days uh, in the Subway Series, uh, how are the teams coming into this particular series? And well, we all know what the Mets are doing coming into this. We absolutely suck. Uh, I mean, we've got a, a slight ray of hope on Saturday with Senga's performance and a great pitching performance and we, and we kneeled down the win to then the disappointment yesterday of 
Carrasco had a good outing actually. We can't complain too much about Carrasco there. But the bats went cold again. Uh, and this is what happens. It's so frustrating at the moment. Uh, when we do get a great pitch performance, the bats just cool off. And when the pitchers are all over the place, the bats seem to be hot and we're, we're, we're scoring maybe seven or eight runs and then maybe still losing. <laughs> it's, and that's the, the most frustrating aspect of the season so far. It's just, you just can't pin any, any one real thing down. Uh, except that we know the rotation seems, well, we don't know what the rotation is, to be honest with you. Uh, I still don't believe these guys are cooked. I think the pitch clock has been playing havoc. And they, they may, that may help them in the second half where they, they get used to that and they learn how to get through that and work through that. Or it may have the opposite effect and it'll burn them out completely. But I think we'll see that happen to other teams too. I think we'll see uh, starting pitching going down the stretch into the, the, the dog days uh, into September, maybe starting to struggle a bit uh, around baseball because of the pitch clock, especially the guys that have never came up through the minors with a clock or whatever. I would actually be quite happy for them to add, say, five seconds to the pitch clock. I don't think that makes a major difference if you add five seconds uh to the overall length of the game. Yeah, it's extended a bit, but what we're playing here sometimes, between two and a half and three hours, I'm quite happy with a three-hour game. It's the, the four and three and a half and four hours and four and a half-hour games was the ones I had a problem with. Uh, uh, but the game, the length of the games now is, is so quick, uh, which is, yes, good, but maybe just add five seconds onto that and just slow the whole thing down slightly and just let everybody just breathe hitter and pitcher because everything just seems at times a bit rushed, especially sometimes in those middle innings on guys just sort of and, and that's going to get worse as this summer heats up, especially when you get into St. Louis, Cincinnati, through the Midwest and these places are like ovens guys are going to struggle and that includes hitters and just keeping up with this pitch club uh, I mean, the, and particularly the veteran guys now I know the younger guys have came through the minors with the pitch club already there, but they're younger. So even those guys, as they get older, the guys that have came through with it, as they get older uh, and get into their late 20s and early 30s, you're going to slowly start to see them flag a bit when it comes to the clock. But hey, that's that, 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 that stuff on Major League Baseball is going to have to work on through, uh, through time and, and, and experimenting with this. But I still think five seconds would be a good compromise here to just to add on to this. And I think that would be Keep the game still short, in in and under three hours, uh, while giving everybody just that chance just to breathe a second. That would be, I think, a major boost for them. Of course, I've digressed a bit here and got onto pitch clock, but uh, getting back to how we're coming into this, yeah, we had a bad week on the road, getting swept in Atlanta and losing uh, uh, two out of three in Pittsburgh ain't great. Uh, and I would realistically, I would hope we would come back three and three from this trip. Uh, and maybe got one game in Atlanta and, and take two out of three in Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh's a good ball club. We can't take too much away from the Pirates here. They're a good club. We had a chance yesterday to kneel down a series win, and that would have done so much going into this Subway series to improve the morale of this whole squad. Uh, but in the last 10, we have only won two, which ain't great. Now, the Yankees themselves ain't exactly setting the world on fire. Uh, in the American League, they're sitting second in the wild card. Uh, with a half game lead on that, I think they're sitting fourth in their division. I'll just double check that. Yep, sitting four. Uh, no, 
yeah, sorry, sitting third in the division. The Yankees are thirty-eight and twenty-nine record, but they're nine and a half games behind the uh, the Red Hots and have been hot all season. Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, again, maybe that's something I'm digressing again here. It's supposed to show you that money doesn't buy everything. Uh, but we'll expand it well, well card, whatever. Like, actually, going back, that's the, the, the last place team in the American League East. And this plays out to the, to the new scheduling system. The Boston Red Sox are 33 and 33. The first place team in the American League Central are Minnesota with 33 and 33 500 record. One is in the lead, the other is 14 games out of first and last. So, I mean, that goes to show the disparity, but that's why they expanded the playoffs. I would, yet again, I'm digressing here, but it might be an idea for uh, Major League Baseball to consider if a team in a division finishes below 500. That division loses its automatic playoff spot and it goes to the next best record. Just a thought. Anyway, back to the Yankees. Yeah, they haven't exactly set the world off right. They've just come off a series with uh, Boston. Uh, they lost 3-2 on Sunday Night Baseball. Uh, they've not got Orange Judge. They're struggling as well. They're uh, four, sorry, four and six in the last ten. Uh, but the record is obviously a lot better than ours. Because we're only sitting at 31 and 35. But it's the Subway series, so who knows what can happen in this. So just moving ahead then to the opening game of tomorrow night's Subway series. And uh, the New York Yankees are sending Luis Severino to the mound. He has owned one on the season of 5.75 earned on average and 18 strikeouts. Uh, the Mets have got Mad Max Scherzer uh, with a 5-2 and two record, 3.71 earned on average and 58 strikeouts. Uh, just looking at some of the, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Just looking at some of the matchups uh, heading into this here. We have got Mark Canna who is hitting uh, one sixty-seven against Severino, so that ain't great. Uh, obviously, with our rookies, I've never faced them before, so it's an all-known quantity there. Uh, but Lindor is hitting three fifty-seven against them. He's got fourteen at bats, one home run, and one RBA against Severino. Uh, McNeil's hitting five hundred, but it's only based on two at bats with one RBA against him. Uh, and Brandon setting 600 with uh, six at-bats against uh, Luis Severino. On the other side, there's more of, uh, obviously, Scherzer has been around a lot longer, so there's more of a sort of match-ups here. Uh, Joyce Donaldson of the Yankees is only hitting 150 against Max. Uh, that's based on 20 at-bats. Uh, their outlier here really is uh, LeMahieu. He's hitting 357 against uh, Scherzer, uh, 14 at-bats and one RBA. Uh, the only guy that has really tagged uh, Scherzer really hard as far as home runs goes and uh, and scoring is Stanton for the Yankees. He's in two fifty against Scherzer lifetime uh, on twenty four at bats. It's three home runs. He's put out of the park against Max and his eight RBIs against Max. So looking at the matchups, I'm quite confident that the Mets can win that one. Obviously, when we get into the bullpens, we get say six good innings out of Max and get into the bullpens with a day off uh, today or a Monday, which is today, and obviously a day off then after the series is over, it's uh, uh, we can afford to, to 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 spend the bullpen here in this one. So I don't see if Max is in any trouble trouble early that he's going to be staying in there that long. But uh, if he can get six good innings, I say we get to the bullpen. And we start, seven will be better, obviously, and hopefully we can get the rest of this game in and get the, get the outs we need and the, the runs we need. 
So uh, I'm quite positive about the opening game. Uh, but when we move on to game two, things get a bit more tricky for New York. Uh, just looking ahead again, this game will be starting at around midnight or just after midnight UK time. Uh, and Garrett Cole's going for the Yankees. Uh, he is a uh, Cy Young candidate this year. Uh, 7-1 record, 2.84 earned on average at 90 strikeouts against. And for the Mets, uh, Justin Verlander takes the mound on Wednesday night in Queens. 2-3 uh, and three on the season, uh, 4.85 earned run average and 33 strikeouts. Obviously, he had the later start to this season, so it's kind of still maybe just early May for him as far as uh, his season goes. Uh, looking again at the matchups for this game, uh, Guillaume has hit 500 against Cole uh, on two at-bats, so uh, he's, he's had basically a hit against him, that's fine. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, evidence here, but Tommy Pham, it's at 370 based on 27 uh, at-bats, uh, three home runs and five RBIs against Garrett Cole, so I mean, he's got some pedigree there against him. Uh, looking even up back up to the, the, the order here, and Matt, uh, Lindor, uh, doesn't match up well against Cole. He's, a, he's an only 091, 11 at bats, so it's not looking good for Lindor against Cole. I'm not quite fussed on this matchup as far as our guys go. Uh, on the other side, uh, against Verlander, the Yankees, some of them's not done too bad. Uh, Stanton again has, has hit him hard at times. He's had two home runs against him and three RBIs. Uh, Josh Donaldson has two RBIs against him based on 21 at bats, uh, hitting 333, and Colhoun. Uh, for the Yankees is hitting 455 of Justin Verlander on an 11 at-bats with one home run and one RBI. So uh, that game, the Mets don't match up too well against uh, Cole. So really game one's where we really got to try and get the win. If we're going to split this series, we've got to go for it in game one and hopefully we can pull that through. But hey, who knows in baseball on any given night, you just don't know what's going to happen. Uh, so that's how we're sort of stacking up. And it'll be interesting to see how our riggies go because again it's a completely uh, on they've never been there before it's, uh, we, uh, we just don't know what they're going to do against them they're going to uh, either shine in the spotlight under New York City lights or some of them may just sort of crumble under it but I still think Alvarez he's, he's just made for these kind of moments so uh, we might see him step up and, and do more of what he's been doing and hopefully some of the other guys too Vientos uh, can step up and do something against the Yankees and make himself an instant hero in Queens. So I'm just going to close out this uh, Subway Series preview pod by looking at a few of some of your comments and predictions for the uh, the games tomorrow and Wednesday. Uh, I asked earlier on Mets Twitter uh, what your thoughts and predictions would in fact be and use as Mets Twitter always does came through. Uh, so Diamond Tails Records is going to be the most boring Subway Series to date and there's an LOL behind that. Uh, well, I certainly hope not, but I would happily take a boring one nothing win both days. That would be like heaven. Plus, a good, I like a good pitching duel, so I'm good with that. Uh, Jimmy C, this is where we turn it around and take two. Hashtag, you got to believe. Uh, absolutely, Jimmy. This is what we need. Uh, you feel that we're only one big comeback win or one big walk-off away from turning this season around sometimes, and it would be absolutely fantastic if we could do that. It would really sort of bounces head into that St. Louis series. Uh, BP and NC, the way the pitching has been, he's hoping we don't lose either game by five runs. Uh, well, I'm kind of hoping it'll be better than that, but I kind of see where you're coming from. 
If NAC says who cares if Mets suck, well, yeah, we have kind of sucked really, but hopefully we turn that around. Deborah just hopes we don't get embarrassed. Uh, well, Deborah, yeah, I hope that too, but it's baseball. I don't think we'll get embarrassed. Uh, I think it'll be competitive both games, and I still think we get a split in this series. I'm really good for a split here. Jules reckons a split. Uh, <laughs> Adam Solomon, uh, given everything at the moment, and he's just put a, a, a gift ball here, try to survive. Uh, Jerry Kane predicts misery and frustration. Thanks, Jerry, but I think we've had enough of that this year. We need to spin this around. Uh, Rob from LBA reckons the Yankees take both games and we get swept right out of there. Let's hope not. Uh, LFGM, Michael, uh, Michael done a whole series of numbers, uh, reckons we get two losses out of this. So he's not very confident. Come on, let's get some hope in here. Uh, Wolves, 1967. I always expect to work from my Mets, and he's just got the classic rookie-free uh, gift here of Clubber Lang just going pain and what he predicted for the rematch for Rocky. Anyway, Ron W. Davis reckons the Mets split. Yeah, I'm good with that. Uh, and Fear the Lord says, uh, hopefully this series wakes us up. And yeah, like I said earlier there, it's, we need something that's going to really kick us into gear. And a series win against the Yankees at this stage of the season would be absolutely perfect. It would be everything what we need. Uh, most of the rest of you are saying splits here. Uh, Checkmark, he's very positive. Um, I'm loving this here, Checkmark. Uh, a sweep, he wants to see sweep again, so let's go for that. And uh, Vegas will impose 3-1 series. Leeds says, we will sweep the Crankies. Now, I've got to say to you, uh, at Super Sen Palsy, if I pronounced that right. Uh, the Crankies here in the UK is something completely different from what you're calling the Crankies or the Yankees in the US. Uh, but I'll let you Google that one. Let's go for a Crankies 80s comedy sketch. Uh, UK is completely different from what you're saying there, the Crankies are. Uh, <laughs> Helen Clangsworth, the Mets lose both because we're a bad team. We will. You can't really argue with that. We have been a bad team lately. Are we going to keep on being a bad team or are we going to be the team that won 103 games last year or at least a portion of that team? Uh, Rockers reckons he would lie if we don't uh, get swept. Are we happy with a split? And Mary, Mary Colin has <laughs> done the uh, the old uh, gift here again of Clubberland predicting pain. Uh, and Alfred Slareno uh, predicts two more losses. So uh, there you have it. We're uh, not a very positive bunch, but there's a few positive people in there hoping that we can get this win tomorrow night and Wednesday. Uh, I'd be happy with a split. A sweep would be awesome. Let's just not lose two. I'm and not that's sure I understand. And that's where I'm at. And for some reason, my Siri has decided to start talking to me. Uh, yeah, I don't understand either Siri sometimes. Anyhow, that is for the prediction pod. I hope you enjoyed it, even though it's a complete pile of shit. Uh, but I thought we'd give them a go, see how it pans out. And give us a follow at UK Mets Online, or give my own account a follow at Les underscore go underscore Mets. That's Les with a Z. Uh, so let's go Mets tomorrow night and let's take this thing. It's the Subway series. Let's be positive. Let's hope. And hey, let's go Mets.